T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. system my agent uh it was something that we talked about prior to me even coming here you know i felt like my next spot was my last spot i wanted it to be my home and i didn't want to ever go anywhere so anticipating that it was important to me especially the first year and the second year you just felt like you kind of like built in that family and it's hard to do that when you have a job and it's you know try to stay professional but you get those relationships like the one i had with josh and, and the other guys on the team it's just like all right damn it started feeling a lot like home you don't want to leave it so to be someone engraved for a good period of time forever appreciate it that was Stefan Diggs after signing his extension. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm st- I still love the move. I do. I, just, I love the move. I, I think Stefan has been just an unbelievable addition to this team, and I could not be happier that he's probably going to be here for another six years. I mean, that is a, a legit deal. It's not one where it's really a four-year deal. He's going to be gone. because Nope. There's a likelihood he will be here till he's 34, 35 years old. And I, I am so excited. Hour number three, Sports Talk Saturday. We've talked to Sal Capaccio. We've talked to Brian Koziel. If you've missed any of those, you can go back on our on-demand audio. You can use the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app. But now we go to the Western Hotline. CBS Sports' Chris Trapasso joins us to talk a little draft. Chris, good afternoon. How are you doing? Chris, you there? If Josh is going to step in real quick, all right, that's fine. Uh, before we get into that, you know, just talk a little bit of uh, draft, kind of, you know, where we're, you know, where we're looking. I, I guess, yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting to talk myself. Like as of today, I'm starting to talk myself in a little bit to cornerbacks. We got Chris. We're good. We're all set. Chris, you there? Yes, I'm here, Zach. Thanks for having me. Thank. Oh, thank. No, no, no. Thank you for coming on, man. Chris Passo, CBS Sports. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, just starting to watch a little Tiger Woods, third round of the Masters, but certainly trying to watch as much film as I can to get some of these final prospects in my scouting grade book before the draft. I believe I saw like right before we came back from break on his first shot, he hit the fairway. He has not had a good time on that first hole, has he? I think I think he's no, won. It's one of the most difficult holes, I think, in his whole career. But that bunker to the right, it just doesn't really fit his eye uh, like a lot of the other holes do at Augusta. I, I, I thought I saw something yesterday. He's like plus 17 in his career. That is craziness. Yeah, it is. But, you know, jumping into the draft, I I want to ask you an overall draft question. As, as much as I am a Bills fan, you're a Western New York native, I, but I, I always like asking, uh, who do you think is going number one? Do you think Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, an offensive lineman? You know, wh- Where do you think Jacksonville goes? I think ultimately they will go Aiden Hutchinson. But there has been a little from some big insiders that it might 
actually be Trevon Walker, the edge rusher from Georgia. I was on Lance Zerline's radio station out of Houston yesterday, and he obviously does all the scouting reports for NFL.com, and that's what he said. He said that wasn't inside info, but he's talked to a few agents and some people in the league that are starting to think that could actually be the case. And then I saw, I believe, a video on Twitter yesterday that Field Yates of ESPN was on a podcast recently, and that was his prediction that Trevon Walker was going to be the first overall pick. So we've seen crazier things happen, and we've seen a lot of times in the past when there's not a concrete number one in early April that someone can pick up steam in the last couple of weeks before the draft at the end of April, and then they ultimately are the first overall pick. Speaking of picking up steam, I mean, this this quarterback class has kind of been, um, I don't want to say attacked, but it, it has definitely been told it's not very good. How, how many quarterbacks do you think go in the first round, and, and who do you think goes first of, the, of that quarterback group? Yeah, I think the safe bet is probably three. Uh, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and Desmond Ritter. Um, I, I think... If you had to bet, it would probably be Kenny Pickett there at number six overall to the Carolina Panthers. Just the connection now that's been talked about ad nauseum between Kenny Pickett and Carolina's uh, head coach, Matt Rule, that when Matt Rule was at Temple, Kenny Pickett was a commit to Temple before Rule left for Baylor. Um, but it's not so much that I think this class is, is a terrible quarterback class. What I look at it more of that's more standout for this class is it's really mysterious. I could see a scenario that would not surprise me that Malik Willis goes two, Kenny Pickett goes six and Desmond Ritter goes nine to the Seattle Seahawks. Or I could see maybe Kenny Pickett being the only one inside the top half of the first round. Malik Willis goes uh, to the saints and Desmond Ritter goes to the Steelers at 20. There's really not a firm grasp on how the league as a whole uh, kind of views and values these quarterbacks in this draft class. Usually they get pushed up, but if there is ever a draft class where we see quarterbacks slide a little bit, it probably would be this one. Uh, one of the Bills' draft needs from a lot of people seems to be uh, cornerback. I, I'm much more mm-hmm. on the train, I guess, of, of taking wide receiver in the first round. I love this wide receiver class. I think even guys that are towards the bottom of the first round, maybe even second round, I think legitimately are first-round talents. I, I would say Christian Watson of North Dakota State's one of those guys. But how do you feel about Roger McCreary from Auburn? I, I have heard things from him of just he's a, he's a burner, and I think that's something the Bills – would like like what else should Bills fans know about Roger McCreary? Well, he's interesting because I think he's a burner too on film, covering Alabama wide receivers, Jameson Williams, John Mechie, guys in the past, Jamar Chase in 2019 did a great job against him when he was a sophomore. But he runs four five zero at the combine, which is not crazy fast at the cornerback position. He's got super duper short arms, like under 30 inches, and for context on that. A lot of teams, for their outside cornerbacks, like their arms to be 32 inches. So to be two inches under might not seem like a lot to the average fan, but I I think when you're looking at, when you're diving into all these prospects every year, two inches in difference for your arm length at offensive tackle and certainly a cornerback is pretty sizable. If the Bills do want to add someone that can give a little bit more man coverage ability and someone that I think can really carry those vertical routes down the field, maybe not against Tyreek Hill, because I don't think anyone on earth can, but against 95% uh, 
the wide receivers in the NFL. I really think that's Roger McCreary. He reminds me a lot of Tredavious White. And I've said that from the beginning, not just a Bills tie here being on Buffalo radio. I, when I watched him, I said, this guy is Trey White 2.0 and that not a crazy athlete, not going to jump 40 inches. He didn't jump 40 inches at the combine, but two, three, four years of high-level production in the SEC. His ball skills are great. I, I just really think regardless of where he goes and if he does slip because of the size, I think it'll be a mistake. I think he's going to be one of the best cornerbacks from this draft class in two or three years. On the Western Hotline, CBS Sports' is Chris Trapasso. Chris, one of the names coming up now, I think especially now that deals have been made and, and, and the free agency is starting to slow down and we're now getting towards we're, – we're spiraling towards that second stage where guys are getting cut and all that stuff. Linebacker has actually surprisingly become um, sort of a topic of discussion, and one of the names sort of coming up for the Bills at 25 is Quay Walker. I don't know too much about him. He's coming out of Georgia. I knew more about his linebacker partner, N'Kobe Dean. What can you tell us about Quay Walker? So if Quay Walker goes in the first round, it'll be because he's like 6'3", 240. He ran in the low four fives at the combine. Uh, he's just that linear athlete that played on the best defense in college football, had certainly a lot of talent in front of him on that defensive line. Very good run defender. I am personally very low on him because I think he has a long way to go in coverage. And if people are thinking, or the Bills are thinking, hey, maybe he's the heir apparent to Tremaine Edmonds, if people like to knock Tremaine Edmonds that he's not the most reliable lockdown coverage linebacker, then Quay Walker is not going to be the you know right heir apparent to fill that void uh, in the Sean McDermott defense. Now, maybe you could say, hey, they have had – Tremaine Edmonds at the middle linebacker spot hasn't been great in coverage, but the Bills' defense has been pretty good during the Sean McDermott era, so maybe they feel like, hey, we just can't afford Tremaine Edmonds anymore. Let's get someone that's similar to him in terms of size and speed, uh, and we can deal with him being a little bit of a liability in coverage. I also think, though, for Quay Walker, for being 6'3", 245, he's not great at beating blocks. Usually being that big, you should be uh, physically imposing against those guards and centers getting to the second level. Uh, and I really think he was in a luxurious uh, situation playing right behind Jordan Davis, the big nose tackle, and Devontae Wyatt, the other really talented defensive tackle on that Georgia defense. So that would be a pick. I have a few every year uh, being a Western New Yorker that I would be like, uh, I would not like that pick at all for the Bills. Uh, Quay Walker would be one of those few selections they picked him at 25, especially if they weren't, you know, trading Tremaine Edmonds or moving on from him right away. That would not be instant impact because there's no room for him on the defense right now. And I just don't think he's a first-round level talent in terms of how well he can cover right now. Well, speaking of trading, uh, trading Tremaine Edmonds, another potential trade could be coming. I don't want to say necessarily could be coming, but Jordan Poyer. His name has now come yeah. up because of extension talks and stuff like that. But even before that was happening. Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame was starting to get a little bit of buzz with the Bills potentially trading up and potentially him even falling. I've been I like Kyle Hamilton as a prospect. Give me your thoughts on him because I've I've seen from a ton of people I've seen him in the top ten. I've seen him falling all the way into the twenties. You know what is the consensus or what is at least the majority opinion on Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame? 
The majority opinion is that he is one of the top five to seven talents in this draft class. He's my number one overall player. I think he checked every box for what I want out of a modern day safety. And that the uh, chief among what you can be or what you need to be good at today. You just need to be versatile and not just the ability to play different spots, but excel as a slot defender, excel as a linebacker, excel as a blitzer, make plays uh, ranging from the deep middle, maybe even playing a little outside corner. If there's a wide receiver that motions out to the perimeter, I think he has all the ability in the world to do those things. And he was very successful at Notre Dame doing those things. It feels like, though, running close to 4-6 at the Combine, and then some people had him at the Notre Dame Pro Day in the 4-7s in his 40-yard dash, he could slip a little bit. And it's funny that you brought up Jordan Poyer and the connection there. I think if there is a team that the Bills could move up with uh, and could maybe involve a veteran player, if there are people out there that believe, hey, Brandon Bean loves wheeling and dealing, could it be Tremaine Edmonds, could it be Jordan Poyer? To me, if what would make sense, if Jordan Poyer is available or if Kyle Hamilton is available, excuse me, at number 11 overall when the Washington Commanders go on the board, um, I could see them maybe trading Jordan Poyer to the Commanders to pick Kyle Hamilton to move up. I know there was the whole issue um, with the running back uh, that, that like Brandon Bean wasn't really happy what happened in free agency, but there is Ron Rivera there that certainly Brandon Bean knows very well. I don't think that's definitely going to happen, but that could be something to look out for because Kyle Hamilton is really that versatile safety that would bring more youth and would just be a lot cheaper than Jordan Poyer. That's not to say that I don't think Jordan Poyer is a superstar and he deserves extra money, but the Bills really are getting to the point where they cannot pay everyone. And it may not be smart to give, uh, you know, a 30-year-old safety, you know, top of the league money as he's on the wrong side of 30 uh, entering the season. I mean, you took my next question right out of my mouth. I was going to ask you if you thought the Bills could could potentially be a a, a trade-up kind of candidate for Kyle Hamilton. But I, I think my, my favorite position in this draft, and really I think the last two, has been wide receiver. However, does, does it feel like the potential fall of Jamison Williams out of Alabama, was that a little overblown by fans? Does it look like he's probably going to be one of the first receivers taken off the board? Yeah, I think so. Uh, what I thought early on, was that, uh, that, that some of the other wide receiver prospects would uh, test better. Traylon Burks run really fast at the combine. That didn't happen. Um, so I think had that happened, had um, Jahan Dotson been a little bit bigger than people expected, felt like he could have maybe leapfrogged uh, Jamison Williams. But at this point, because some of the other – and we haven't seen Drake London from USC, was not able to work out at the combine. He actually pushed his special – individual pro day that was supposed to be last week to next week. So that's kind of hanging in the balance. If, if Drake London runs relatively slow being a bigger wide receiver, then you'll just have a lot of semi-disappointing top prospects in terms of what they did during the pre-draft process. Now, obviously, Jamison Williams has not been able to work out either, but had Drake London been fully healthy, ran really fast, same with Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, like I mentioned, then you probably would have had a much greater likelihood for Jamison Williams to ultimately be there at 25. But, yes, it does feel like he will probably be selected somewhere in the first 20 picks. Who do you think has done themselves the most favors in this in this draft class? And who do you think has been the biggest, like, they just, they just did not test well, they didn't interview well. So who has been your biggest risers and fallers for this class? 
Trevon Walker from Georgia, who I just mentioned could go number one overall. Uh, his film truly is not that great in terms of his production, um, but to have the combine workout that he did uh, being pretty close to the same size as what Miles Garrett was in that 2017 pre-draft process. And I think in terms of just being the most efficient with his pre-draft process, Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher from Florida State, that he had one practice at the Senior Bowl, uh, destroyed a couple offensive tackles, and then said, hey, I'm calling it quits. I'm sitting it out. I'm not going to practice the rest of the week. I'm not going to play in the game. And he went from, hey, this could be a good value pick on day two to someone that is probably not going to get outside the top half of the first round, could even go inside the top ten. Um, in terms of fallers, I think someone that could be on the Bills radar, Andrew Booth from Clemson, because uh, he hasn't been able to work out. And, and we've seen Derek Stingley test well, Ahmad Gardner test well, uh, the two Washington cornerbacks, Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon, uh, show off big verticals at their pro day. So Andrew Booth is someone that I think squarely on Buffalo's radar if they want a highly athletic cornerback that's really good in zone, knowing how much the Bills play zone, uh, that has probably fallen a little bit. His film, to me, is a top half of the first-round cornerback. And he was a top recruit. He's been that alpha cornerback for years since he was 18 years old. But he's kind of fallen back because he's seen some of the other corners test better in front of him. On the West Her Hotline, CBS Sports' Chris Trapasso. Chris, before I let you go, we we did have, a, a, I'm not going to say a draft day trade, but a trade involving this year's draft, Philadelphia and New Orleans. What, what, where do you think New Orleans' headspace is at with this and where do you think Philadelphia's is at? Because I know Philadelphia has now met with Matt Corral. I think Malik Willis was a little bit connected to them. But where do you think each of these teams' headspace is at after making that trade? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the Saints are just doing typical Saints stuff. They're pushing everything to the future, trying to remain competitive as long as they can, which seems weird because we're now you know, entering year two without Drew Brees. It kind of made sense when Drew Brees was playing into his late 30s and into his 40s, but at this point, it, to me, it's felt like looking at their roster, the Saints are closer to a team that should be rebuilding as opposed to a team that should be fighting for the playoffs. But the NFC is a lot weaker now. We've seen, you know, all the transactions this offseason, a lot of the big stars going from the NFC to the AFC. So maybe in that front office they're thinking, hey, we need, you know, a left tackle after losing Teron uh, Armstead. We need a wide receiver to complement Michael Thomas and to help out or, or to complement Michael Thomas and help out Jameis Winston. Uh, so let's try to get two picks in this draft, maybe get Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, uh, you know, inside the top 20, and then at pick 19, uh, pick the best wide receiver available and sneak into the playoffs, and then we'll see where we can go from there. So that's where it feels like the Saints are. Tiger almost just hold out. I'm literally watching Tiger Woods while I'm doing this. Um, and with the Eagles, it, it feels like they're just keeping it into the future. They're taking a, a long-term view. They're going to say, hey, we had the three picks. Uh, that was obviously putting us in a luxurious situation. But let's see what we can build around Jalen Hurts to give him a pretty good environment. And if he doesn't take that next step, which I think he did take a minor step in his second year, then in 2023 they'll be able to load up, trade up if they need to for a top-tier quarterback, or just continue to build the roster. Chris Trapasso on the Western Hotline. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I know it was, it was a little last minute I got a hold of you. We were playing a little bit of phone tag, but thank you again so much for coming on today. 
Absolutely, anytime. Thanks. All right, we'll have to do that again sometime. Uh, before we go to break, yeah, Tiger Woods. I like I, Josh, man. I'm telling you, I, like, there's just there's no guy that moves the needle for their pers- respective sport more than Tiger Woods. I'm I was a college swimmer, and I don't think Michael Phelps touches Tiger Woods. Not even somebody like Michael Jordan. I, well, uh, uh, Jordan is Jordan is interesting. I I would have that conversation, but basketball sort of gotten really popular with the Magic and Bird era. True, true. but he did make it a global sport. Like Magic yeah. and Magic and Bird made it a a national sport. yeah national sport where Jordan made that international. Right. I mean, he could go to Paris, France, and people would be like, "Oh, that's Michael Jordan from the Chicago Bulls," right? And they right. could be, and you know they their first language would be French. Mm-hmm. But Tiger Woods, I mean, like you <laughs> on Thursday. The opening round. I mean, like, and there's and it, his gallery is just it's ridiculous. I love it. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely up there in the icons of sport. I yeah. mean, he uh, after everything he's been through to still be doing this and still be competing. I at, also don't I don't know if if an athlete's also had like the hero to heel to hero turn as as gracefully as he has. Yeah. Cuz he had all the stuff I think back in 09 where I mean he he became the villain of golf. Like oh, you, yeah. you watched to see him lose. Yep. It's not that you cheered for an injury, but you didn't hate it either. And then it's just it's almost like he went through 11 years without winning and people are like, "Oh wait, no, I I, I missed Tiger versus the field." Like right. and I, he I was kind of he was kind of humbled in that 11 yeah. a, 11 year absence and now he was. here he is again. I mean, it's unfortunate what happened mm-hmm. what was it last year, the year or two years ago with the car accident? Uh, I want to say it was like 14 months ago. So it was oh, just wow. a little over yeah. a year. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, it's obviously unfortunate to see that happen, but he's proving everyone wrong up to this point. I mean, it's going to be tough, but He's he made the cut. I mean, he, like, he made I, the cut like right that's there. A, that's I am thrilled. Achievement for him. within itself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break before we go. Coming up next, I'm gonna do my post NFL free agency because I mean we're we're now post like all the big moves. Nothing really is gonna happen that's gonna move. You, my you say that, and, and I I know <laughs> I'm kind of risking it when I do say that because like a trade could happen as we go to commercial. But I'm I'm the list is staying the same. Then if that happens, the list is not moving. But I'm going to come back with my top 10. It's the NFL top 10. I'm not just going to do the AFC, not just going to do the NFC. We're going to do the entire NFL top 10. We're going to do that. But I do want to give a quick thanks to Brian Kozu who came on today at 1130. Sal came on at 1230. And, of course, Chris Trapasso that just came on. If you missed any of those or you want to hear them again, you can get those on our Odyssey app. You can use our Rewind feature on that. They're also on our on-demand audio. But, yes, next up, my NFL top 10. Post free agency, and if you want to get a hold of us as well, we are still taking calls at eight zero three zero five fifty. You can tweet at us at wgr five fifty. You can tweet at me at Zachary Jones one ninety eight. But we're going to take a quick break right here on WGR. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. Nate Geary off. Zach Jones, Josh Smith on the board. This is the NFL Blitz opening, right? Yeah, love it, love it. All right, before we broke. I let you guys know we're going to come back with with my NFL top 10 power rankings post NFL free agency. We're going into the draft. Now we're looking more towards the draft, the second wave of free agency. And, and if I'm going to be perfectly honest, not many moves will move the Richter scale for me. Not like not much is going to change how I feel. But we're going to jump right into it. I th- I think it's going to be a controversial pick. I kind of hope it is. I kind of hope people are a little upset with me about this one. But at number 10, Cincinnati Bengals. I know they were in the Super Bowl. I don't think a single person thought they were the best team in the AFC. I I don't think Cincinnati Bengals fans thought they were the best team in the AFC. But that's part of the playoffs. Is 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 it's a war of attrition. Who you played, who you got to play after they played somebody. 
Kansas City and Buffalo, in a, in a realistic sense, had one of the best playoff games you're ever going to see. It's not just ever. It's just you will see the rest of your life. I'm 23 years old. It's going to take a lot for me to see a better playoff game. It will. But with that being said, I do love the connection of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. To me personally, that's the best quarterback to wide receiver combination in the NFL. And for the next 10 to 15 years, that will be the best connection in the NFL. Those two, I would say, are near brothers. They played in college together. It was a great connection then when Joe Burrow threw 50,000 touchdowns in a season. And Jamar Chase had that. And then sat out the next year and it did nothing. But I just... They play in a tough division and they lost the Super Bowl. That is a tough hill to climb once you've lost the Super Bowl. Atlanta did not do well after they lost their Super Bowl. San Francisco took a year or two to kind of climb back to where they are. Seattle has literally never recovered. New England's kind of the only team that has sort of rebounded from a loss really well. Everyone else kind of has an issue. It it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get to the Super Bowl. And when you lose, especially in a fashion like they did, they didn't get blown out. They were there at the end. It's just tough to come back from. I still don't love their offensive line. I think their defense is aggressive, but not overly scary. I think you can score points on it, but they they were helped by getting a lot of turnovers in the playoffs. But yeah, number 10, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. At 9, another AFC North team, the Baltimore Ravens. I have a problem with this. You have a problem already? I These love it. two should be flipped. Oh, I mean, that's not terrible, 10 and 9. I mean, it's not, it's not awful. Well, I, I don't think the Ravens should be this high, but that's my personal thing. That's fair. I like it. I, I, I'm already glad you're mad. I'm, I'm glad I got two in and you're like, I have an issue already. But yeah, number 9 of the Baltimore Ravens. Look, I don't think a team can stay that hurt. I don't, I don't think that can happen again. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, their entire secondary. I just... I mean, brutalized by injuries. Lamar Jackson went down. But I will say this. This team can only go so high with Greg Roman as their offensive coordinator. There may not be a worse OC in in football at scheming up passing concepts. And that will consistently hold the Baltimore Ravens back. They can't pass the ball consistently. And I don't think that's on Lamar Jackson. I think that's on their passing game coordinator. They've tried to add additions to their wide receiver room. They've drafted Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota last year. He got injured, took him a little bit to come back around. They've gotten Sammy Watkins. I think Sammy's a very good number two. I don't think he goes that much higher. Marquise Brown, the cousin of Antonio Brown. I think he's just I think he's a little too small to be a number one. But Mark Andrews is great. I mean, Mark Andrews is a top three tight end in football. I don't think anyone's really going to argue that. And the running game is good. So they beat up on bad teams, but when you get to these good teams and you get to teams that have a faster, more aggressive defense, a la the Bills, the Bills have really never had a problem with Lamar Jackson. They've really been able to handle him in the meetings they've had. So at number nine, I have the Baltimore Ravens. However, I will say this. They will make the playoffs next year because I, I seriously, there's no way they get injured or they get that injured again. That was obnoxious. And it was all soft tissue. It was all, yeah, you're gone for the year. There was no guy that was like, eh, hey, he's going to miss a week or two. I will say, though, Baltimore did resign uh, defense end Calais Campbell to a two-year deal. That happened this morning. Uh, and number eight, the San Francisco 49ers. Now I know what you're going to say. Zach, their quarterback. Yeah, yeah, their quarterback. If Trey Lance is even slightly good, that team runs the NFC for the next few years. If Trey Lance is great, that team runs the NFC for the next 10 years. Trey Lance is the guy I was looking at in college if Josh Allen didn't develop in his third year. That also tells you how long it's been since Trey Lance has really and truly played football. However, 
he has all the physical tools. He's about 6'4", got a rocket arm, can move. We saw a little bit of those concepts um, in the red zone and stuff like that, but Jimmy G was able to kind of just hold it together, at least for a little while, to keep the job. However, I imagine they're going to shop him. I mean, they, they drafted Trey Lance third. Kyle Shanahan. He, surprisingly, is a bit conservative when it comes to going on fourth down. That does surprise me. But, man, the Shanahan family and scheming up run games, there is nothing prettier. I am a throw-first person, but watching a Shanahan team run the ball, that's that's art. That's poetry. Do you think as Trey Lance develops, Shanahan becomes less or more uh, less conservative on fourth down? I do. I do. Do you think he becomes Absolutely. more risky? I think he does. I think him having Jimmy Garoppolo does play into that. You cannot trust him to make a big-time throw consistently enough. Well, and that's not going to change in a year either. Like, you, like exactly. Lance has yeah. got to get in there a little bit and get his feet wet. Absolutely. Uh, I, w- I will tell you, though, I love Trey Lance's abilities. And to be fair, I love the fact that he has maybe one of the best one-two punches in football, Debo Samuel and George Kittle. I do not care that Debo Samuel deleted everything 49ers off his Instagram. I don't. You Don't tweet at me. Don't call in saying, well, but he deleted. I don't care. Until he is off that team, he is on that team. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to react anymore to it. I will also say this. Them losing Mike McDaniels, I don't think that affects them that much. I don't. Um, Mike McDaniels, I think, only was the OC for one year. I don't think he was officially calling plays. So, I, to me, that doesn't hurt them. And to be fair, I'm putting, I'm putting San Francisco at eight very much under potential. However, they look good. They're a good team. That's a good defense. Fred Warner at linebacker, a Bosa brother at a defensive end. That's a good team. And if Trey Lance is even just solid, they're going to be in the NFC title game again. And number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders. Right off the rip, uh, they got rid of the worst two things about their organization. John Gruden, Mike Mayock. Mayock and or Gruden cannot draft. Just uh, flat out cannot draft. Go back at their at, at all of their drafts. It's reaching in the first round. It's taking a guy that should have been in the second in the top ten picks. It's it's just miss after miss after miss. And I think this year as well, Derek Carr showed you. Is he an elite quarterback? No. Is he right there? You can make an argument. You can make a real argument. He he dragged that team to the playoffs. They probably shouldn't have been there. I think they overachieved a bit. However, they traded for Devontae Adams. And Adams is the best wide receiver in football. And him and Derek Carr already had that connection. They played in college together. I will also say this. Hunter Renfro, that's the best slot receiver in football. You got Walker, or you got Waller at tight end. That's a great tight end. Zay Jones is still there, too. Zay Jones is still there. He, he got better last year. Yeah. I mean, he, he look, he's going to be a great number two, number three. Because Hunter Renfro, Waller, Adams, like they're going to get a bunch of the targets. Right. So Zay Jones kind of gets left alone. And that's good to them. You also get Josh Jacobs at running back. Hopefully they start using him a little more. I don't really know. Well, he's had injury issues. Too. He has. That's he been has. his other issue. He has had issues. But I, I will tell you, once once Gruden was gone, it, it really showed you how much they underachieved in the last two years. That, that team is much better than the record was showing. They were terrible in the month of December, and it showed. But now, you know, they, they add Devontae Adams. <laughs> You're, we're about to see now with my list. The AFC West is loaded, and that means coming up at number six, the Los Angeles Chargers. Herbert is an unreal talent. However, his lows are lower than the other unreal talents in the AFC, Allen and Mahomes. His lows are him throwing like 200 maybe yards, two picks, not a ton of rushing yards, not real a lot of you know rushing touchdowns. And I think that holds the offense back a bit, is that his lows are low. 
as well, their big free agency addition outside of keeping guys like Mike Williams was J.C. Jackson. I don't know how good J.C. Jackson is. I'm not a big fan of Jackson. I think, ask Stephon Diggs. Like, that's my thing, is is you spent big money on a cornerback who I think is going to get torched by some of the best receivers in your division, not let alone conference. I mean, if J.C. Jackson has to watch Stephon Diggs again in, like, the AFC Division round or the AFC Championship game, he's not going to have fun. He's not going to have a good time. Now, with that being said, I do like guys like Austin Eckler. I think Derwin James, if he can stay healthy, that's huge for their defense. Uh, another Bosa brother. I think that is uh, Joey Bosa is on the Chargers. Yes. I know I said Bosa brother for 49ers. And yeah, Nick, is Nick, on. Yeah. Nick is on the 49ers and Joey's on the Chargers. I didn't want to screw that up because I'm like, I'm like, I'm just kind of riffing. I'm just going after it. I'm not really looking at names, so I don't want to screw it up. But yeah, so I got the Chargers at six. Now, I will say this. That's the pop team in the AFC West. They missed the playoffs last year. Staley kind of, I think... I, I don't want to say losing the plot. I'm all about going for fourth down, especially when you have an elite quarterback. But to a certain extent, take a field goal. Just put points on the board. Put a little pressure on the defense, not you know, putting your throat on their neck kind of deal. Now, coming in at number five, uh, I think this team has had the worst offseason of anybody outside of we'll – get, we'll get to my honorable mentions as well. But the Kansas City Chiefs at number five. Tyree kills a Hall of Fame talent. Everybody, I mean, I've I have fielded calls of of Bills fans terrified at the idea of uh, you know who's going to cover Hill and Kelsey. Well, Hill's gone. That's a Hall of Fame talent. That he's going to go to the Hall of Fame, and they, I guess, tried to cover it up with with Marquez Valdez Scantling, a very underachieving speedster, and and Juju Smith Schuster, who is a solid slot guy, but he got his best year when Antonio Brown was across the street from him. I, it's it's tough for me to look at that team and go, well, that offense is going to be the same. I love Andy Reid as a coach. I think Patrick Mahomes is an unbelievable generational talent at quarterback. However, you can't just start getting rid of Hall of Fame talent who help your said quarterback and expect everything to be fine. And that's not even to mention their defense is, is atrocious. It's bad. Like Their safeties are bad. They lost Matthew. Yeah, I was going to say, what's up with Tyron Matthew? Yeah, he he, he's not going back. He's no. likely New Orleans or Philadelphia. So, your secondary is still bad, and and you're and you're expecting me to think that you're going to stop Herbert and Russell Wilson and Derek Carr. Oh, when you get into the playoffs, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. I just you're you're putting a lot of pressure on your All Pro level quarterback. I just that's going to be tough for me to swallow with that team. I, I can't see it. But coming in at number four, the team I think that is the class of the AFC West now, the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson, that that you know, the trade they made for him, that was sort of the move that started the offseason. That was the big move. Um, I, I think that's all Denver was missing was a quarterback. I mean, you saw at the end of last year too when the Chiefs were, were starting to play some really good football, and Drew Locke was their quarterback, and the, and the Chiefs were having an issue dealing with Denver. Denver has a great defense. They have a loaded wide receiver room: Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, KJ Hamler. I cannot pronounce their tight end's name. I'm not going to try. I know they tried to know a fan, but there's another tight end that they're very happy about. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. Their defense is very good. They were able to keep Patrick Sertain, their first-round cornerback from last year, in the Russell Wilson trade. That's ridiculous. So I, I think Denver's loaded. And now you get Russell Wilson with an offensive-minded coach, Nathaniel Hackett, who's not from the 1940s in, in Pete Carroll. I have a big bone to pick with Pete Carroll. He has refused to evolve, even though he acts like he's like 15 years old. Oh my gosh, they run one of the most archaic game plans I've ever seen. Run, 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 fourth quarter, hey Russ, go save us. That's the one thing I'm nervous about with Russell Wilson, though. He has put up such high highs in the beginning of years, and he has fallen off a cliff. 
I remember in the uh, COVID year when the stadiums were not full, Seattle comes to us, and it was a blowout. We annihilated them. The Bills annihilated them. But if it, you know, two, three weeks before that, Seattle was unbelievable. They were untouchable. It, it, they just fell off a cliff. That's my one thing I worry about with Russell Wilson. He's got he's to consistently keep those paces throughout the year. Then I can think Denver's a Super Bowl champion or Super Bowl potential champion. We're going to get to the top three when we get back. We're going to take a quick break. I'm also going to give you my honorable mentions because I, I, there's a few teams that are going to be left off here that's going to be a little surprising. But we're going to do that when we get back here on WGR. All right, final segment here on Sports Talk Saturday. Nate Geary, of course, off on vacation. This is Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt on the board. Brayton Wilson joined us as well for the first two hours. Uh, but let's get back to this top ten list. Uh, before this, we, of course, had the top ten. It was Cincinnati at ten, Baltimore at nine, San Francisco at eight, Las Vegas at seven, the Chargers at six, Kansas City at five, and Denver at four. Now to the top three. At three, I have Los Angeles. They are the reigning Super Bowl champions, however, I, I think they got a little lucky getting a very injured Tampa team. However, um, they're like a mob cartel. Like they they print money every time. Everyone thinks like, oh, they've run out of money. They can't make a signing. Nope, they make a signing. They make a big splash move. So with, with that, I, I guess when you have the money of King Midas and everything turns to gold, your top three team, and also with this, and I think this is actually a really big thing that no one's really talking about. Matt Stafford's playing stress-free now. He has now won a Super Bowl. Everything now is cherry on top. His career in Detroit, someone has a little bit of an asterisk of, like, well, well he was playing in Detroit, and I kind of agree with that. We're seeing what Matt Stafford could have been. Exactly, with a really good team. They, for, for a yeah. long period of time. Exactly. Uh, they add Allen Robinson to the wide receiver room. I, I, I feel bad. I don't think OBJ is going to wind back up there. But they add him to a room that already has Robert Woods and, of course, Cooper Cup. Um, and they have the best lockdown corner in Jalen Ramsey and the best defensive player of a generation in Aaron Donald. So I have Los Angeles at three. At two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady is still playing. So there. Uh, injuries killed this team late. I, my one question is, how does Todd Bowles do here? I, I agree. I don't think he got a fair shake in, in New York just because his quarterback was bad, but I, I want to see what he does here. But ultimately, Tampa's going to be a top-five team until Tom Brady either decides to retire or actually falls off a cliff. What about the offensive line? I, th- you brought that up in the break, and I am I am interested to see how that offensive line moves. I will say, though, Brady gets the ball out so quick and so efficiently, I don't know if it's really going to affect them that much. And they also did trade for, I believe, Shaq Mason, a guard from New England. So, I mean, they, they've somewhat figured it out. Uh, and in case you could not guess, number one is Buffalo. It's the best roster in football. It is. They were 13 seconds away from probably rolling through Cincinnati and going to Super Bowl, and they were going to beat they were going to beat either San Francisco or, or LA. It didn't matter who gets there. They've added Von Miller. They've added Jamison Crowder. They've got they they're, they're 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 just the best roster in football. Josh Allen is is the betting favorite on most sites to be the NFL MVP. I kind of hope he doesn't though. Just that's the whole thing. The last MVP and Super Bowl winner of the same year was Kurt Warner in '99. That stat frightens me to no end. Dawson Knox is the most underrated tight end in, in football. He's a top five to six tight end that no one can talk about because it, of the Kittles, Kelsey's, and all those guys. Not to mention O.J. Howard backing him up. O.J. Howard now comes in as well. I also think it's a perfect balance of head coach and quarterback. The head coach is a defensive guy. He can handle that, but he's not hamstringing his quarterback. He's allowing him to play to the best of his abilities. 
My only worries really for this team are depth at wide receiver, corner, and of course Ken Dorsey being new in the offensive coordinator position. I totally understand that. You may be noticing two teams that were not on here. Honorable mentions, Green Bay. Who's playing wide receiver? Because it's Randall Cobb right now. That's it. And Cleveland. I don't like their wide receiver room either, and I hate their defensive line outside of Miles Garrett. That's, it's literally Miles Garrett and a bunch of guys off the street. Now the question is, what can they get for Baker Mayfield? That is going to be interesting. Because if that they get is a going haul to be for Baker Mayfield... Oof. I think it'll be predominantly draft picks, which is why it doesn't move the Richter scale for me. Right. Because I, I would have legitimately thought of that and went, mm, they're probably going to improve. I think it's just going to be draft picks. But that is my top 10 going through it again real quick. Cincinnati at 10, Baltimore 9, San Francisco 8, Las Vegas 7, the Chargers at 6, Kansas City at 5, Denver at 4, the Rams at 3, Tampa at 2, and Buffalo Bills at 1. Thank you to all my guests today, Brian Koziel, Sal Capaccio, and Chris Trapasso. Coming up on Monday... Sale is going to be joining Jeremy in the morning show with Howard still on IR. He's preparing, obviously, his Mets career. He's now joined them in solidarity of getting surgery. So good on him. He's recovering. He's doing great. Um, we're also going to have the X Point Show, Sneaky Joe DiBiase. He's now moving from the morning show. He's going to host that solo. And, of course, In Skaters, One Bills Live, and Show in the Bulldog. Uh, this has been Sports Talk Saturday with Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt on the board. Thank you for listening on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.